welcome to Inspired Expressions Podcast. Enjoy these conversations about life, Jesus, church, and so much more. And most of all, may these expressions inspire you. So Austin, thank you for joining me on Inspired Expressions. And I'm looking forward to a great time with you just expressing ourselves and uh, chatting about life, Jesus, church, worship, etc. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, man, it's an honor. It's a privilege to to be invited into the conversation. And I've really enjoyed um, all of the, the ones I've been able to watch prior to this. Really, really good content and just questions that you're asking and, and the people that you're having on, man. So it's an honor to be a part. Great stuff. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, I think right off the bat, um, I want to ask you, obviously, long hair, exci- uh, interesting type person, songwriter, musician, artist, producer, all that, all that other stuff, you know, um, how, how, how do you stay true to who God has called you to be? How did you contend and fight to be true, you know, to your identity and the personality type that God has, you call, that God has called you to be inside church culture? Maybe you can just talk about, you know, um, finding who God has called you to be and staying true to to that calling. Yeah, man. Well, I think, um, like, to stay true to who you are, you know, the first aspect of that is, you know, discovering who you are, right? You can't stay true to something if you don't fully know who you are, your identity in Christ and, and your sonship, your daughterhood. And so, you know, I think for me and my personal journey, um, I think I had to continue to just lean into the discovery process and over the years, let the Lord reveal identity to me. Um, but, but the biggest piece is, is really just is making it simple at the elementary level, you know, who we are as, as sons and daughters and really being grounded in that Christ within us. And then I think everything else flows out of that place. You know, I think um, a lot of times, you know, we try to, um, in the church, especially with artists, we we have this almost rebellious nature, right? We want to, to do it our way and, and approach things creatively and have this dis- different perspective, which is great. Um, but I think um, that we need to recognize as artists that, if we're staying true to who we are, then that's staying true to the Christ within us, like the humility and, and approaching things with the kingdom mindset. Um, and so I think that's, I'm just being candid. That's a, a struggle that I, I had early on in leadership and ministry where I was kind of, um, I wanted my autonomy, you know what I mean? I wanted to, to, to kind of approach things with fresh vision and, and, and challenge things and push the borders and, and whatever, you know, be the rule breaker. Right. And that's kind of the, the creative thing, what artistics are known for. But I think if anything that we can learn as, as leaders and artists is, is discovering um, a culture of honor. And, and I think that um, as long as we prioritize that, we don't have to constantly concern that we're going to sacrifice, you know, who we are authentically. Um, Cause there's two sides of that coin. You know what I mean? There's that, that's that selfless aspect of how we're supposed to serve in ministry. But, you know, in all the other layers um, that come with that, I think that, um, you know, just not forgetting 
who I am on an, on an elementary, on a principal level as a son yeah. of God, you know, yeah. even in the stuff I do, that's not involved in ministry. You know, when I'm producing music, when I'm writing songs that are in what we would call the secular industry, identity rooted in Jesus is, is still a part of that. And knowing that identity comes from God, it's not something that can be taken away from you, right? Who God says you are is, is not something anyone can rob you of. So I think, um, knowing that and then staying true to that, you know, is, is making sure that um, we kind of lay out with Holy Spirit, what are our non-compromisables? You know, what are the things, what are the priorities that I have in life? Um, and the things that I know that God has called me to do and, and the dreams of my heart that, that require obedience. And so I think that when you, when you're doing anything in life, whether it's ministry, whether it's a creative endeavor, um, what's important is to take those things that you've laid out with Holy Spirit that are your non-compromisables, that are your parameters. And, and you have to ask yourself, okay, are these things that God's calling me to going to be put on the back burner if I then do this thing someone's mm-hmm. asking me to do? Or if I take on this project or if, you know, something in ministry, a lot of times I feel like worship leaders and artists in the church, um, they get burned out a lot because they end up doing a lot of stuff that's outside of what they feel they're called to do. And not to say that, that they shouldn't be selfless and serving, but a lot of times it's because um, we don't know our, our, honestly, our boundaries and our borders. So yeah, um, yeah man, I think, I think there's a lot of layers to that, but really just um, our being able to articulate it for yourself Um, because I think a lot of people like writing it down very practically knowing, okay, for Austin, what are my top five priorities as far as um, this season of my life, what it is I'm doing, what it is I want to accomplish, what it is I want to see in ministry and and my friendships, my creative. Yeah. I'm not sure if you caught that on the previous uh, conversation with, uh, with Eric, but he, he said such a profound thing in regarding artists. He said that the artistic type, a lot of times, spend all the energy and time. If we can, if you can use the example of an apple tree, and, and they they spend all their time trying to tell everybody, "Hey, I'm an apple tree," instead of just right. bearing apples, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like stop yeah. using all that time and 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 energy to to try and show everybody that you're an apple tree just be an apple tree just relax you know and right. you know you mentioned that on the right. beginning <clears throat> a lot of times you can come across as rebellious or whatever but you know they, they there is those cases or where un, unnecessarily people try to be weird or people try to you know have conflict yeah. or opinions about un- unnecessary things. And I think like you say, being grounded in, in a kingdom mindset that be a bridge, be a bridge to Jesus. Don't let your personality, you know, yeah. stop, and it's, people, and it's, stop people from coming into the kingdom or coming into a church family just because you want to be weird right now or whatever. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's the, that concept of like, you know, you know, like Jesus says, you know, a tree by its fruit mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a lot of times we see other people and the fruit that they have, and we want to emulate that. We want to see that for ourselves. Um, but the issue is, does if, if you're an apple tree and you're trying significantly hard to 
to produce oranges because you see somebody else has oranges, then, then you're never going to be able to because you have to know who you are before you can stay true to who that is. So discovering that, hey, I'm an apple tree, like I'm supposed to produce this kind of fruit. This is what I'm called to. Mm. Um, instead of seeing, you know, what someone else might be doing and trying to produce you know, an orange. So that's a, that's a huge piece is knowing, you know, who you are. That's, a, that's great. I actually got to, to listen to that interview and he said yeah. some, some great stuff. Yeah, definitely. And if I can use myself as an example, you know, I came to Christ when I was about 18 years old and, um, you know, I, I didn't really come from a, an intimate, you know, place with God. So it was all religious and I was led to immediately serve uh, at the church family where God called me to. But I wasn't familiar with church culture at all. And I was also in a place of discovering who I, who I really am in Christ, you know. So I, I came from a place of out of church culture into this thing called church culture. And without even knowing, I can pinpoint the facets where I, I went through these processes and seasons where I tried to find myself within this culture and it wasn't really who I was, you know, and I'm actually laughing now because if I tell you how many, how many money I wasted in just clothes alone, where I went through the season <laughs> of, of now I think I want to look like this. This is who I am. Now I think I want to yeah. look like this. Now I think I want to look like this. And if I could just take yeah. all that money and save it, I would be good right now, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> and just going through that process of, you know, finding myself and in the end discovering you know, without, without the church culture being bad or anything, I changed who I was and I tried to, you know, fit in in a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. And I just understood, like, I just need to be a son. I just need to be true to who I am. And, you know, God yeah. has called me specifically for, for how I'm supposed to operate and function. And so yeah. I really experienced that in my personal life. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I think that's in the church, you know, a lot of times it's, it's funny because, um, you know, creative culture um, in the church, outside of the church, you know, in church, church, creative culture, church worship culture, it has its bubble. You know what I mean? It's like, if you look at all the top big dogs, right, who are all the, the leading worship influencers in um, worship industry, um, you know, and I'll say this as a preface, like, I love what they do. I love every piece that I've been ministered to it. It's changed my life, the songs that have been written, the culture that's been created. But what I've noticed as time's gone on is I'm starting to see common themes. It's like even people's pictures on social media it look, you know, are the same. It's like, you know, just this this big group photo of everyone dressed as hip as possible. It looks like, you know, a hipster threw up everyone you know you're talking about buying clothes and wanting to create you know yeah. uh, this image and that comes with a lot of that I think there's this pressure and this idea of what's cool in, in the, the creative church world and I think it's a little bit ironic because you know we think as the as artisans and creatives that there's this strong sense of individuality which there should be and, and there's a beauty in that but a lot of times what you see in creative culture is actually a lot of replication a lot of a lot of cloning you know what i mean where you're you see this trend that's happening and so even as full as 
fashion. I mean, look at us both wearing similar shirts. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, even as, as widely different and unique as we want to be, we're still all, all, also everyone made in God's image. And so there is a sense that we are all still coming from the same father, you know, in the same family. Yeah. So again, yeah. just be yourself, you know, just relax. Um, I was once having a conversation with someone and they asked me this question. Um, it was a few years back and they said, Yogi, I want some pointers uh, from your side. What is the most important thing for me to do um, before I go into ministry, before I go into full-time ministry? And I gave him a few answers and a few opinions. And afterwards it hit me. It was like, um, and I, I wrote a blog about that a while back and I said, I didn't give that guy the right answer because the right answer is, and you are, you are already in full-time ministry. Mm. Like don't wait to go into full-time ministry one day. You're already in it because yeah. God has, the God has called you to do something right now and it's full-time. And uh, a lot of people get paid for it. Uh, some people get paid for it, but some don't, you know, but Mark 16 right. says, you know, these signs will follow those who believe. If you're a believer, you're in full-time ministry. You know, you'll pray, you'll give, you'll heal the sick, you know, you'll cast out devils, whatever that scripture says. But, you know, I just, I just believe if you seek the kingdom first, you're in full-time ministry, you know, wherever you go. There's so many scriptures that, that, that motivates us. Love God, love people, you know, do what you can right now. Don't wait to go into full-time ministry. You know, you're already in it. You're just not getting paid for it necessarily or called to, you know, raise up right. leaders or whatever. So, just talking about that as well, you know, just like, just be who God, God has called you to be wherever he has called you to be. And just go Absolutely. for it. Just go for it. Um, can you give me maybe a, a few, a few pointers uh, in terms of staying healthy as a, as an artistic type person, you know, some stuff maybe that you are applying in your life just to check yourself, you know, get yourself uh, balanced out into the fullness God is for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that and the most important thing for for me uh, as with my personality type I'm super ambitious, super goal oriented and and sometimes like we can get going so quickly that that like we find ourselves getting ahead of God, you know. And um I think we recognize when we're out of step with Holy Spirit, when we're out of step with Jesus, we begin to experience this angst and this unsettling in our spirit. And bad thing is, is that sometimes we're so out of step with God that, that that becomes our norm, right? And so eventually we're unaware that we've been in an unhealthy place. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the biggest thing I've had to combat, you know, being on that grind and going after it and pursuing these dreams and, 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 you know, being steadfast in, in the same direction, but then, you know, waking up one day and then two months later, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been anxious. Like I've been experiencing this crazy amount of stress. And so really, I think more than anything, it's for me, staying healthy has been about practicing Sabbath. It's been about slowing down for creatives and artisans. Um, slowing down is, is so important, you know, like God in the creation story created the earth, right. And in, in six days and on the seventh, he rested, right. Like the Bible starts with this, uh, this massive narrative about creativity, right. Mm -hmm. And, and it, 
it goes to show that creativity takes it out of you, right? I mean, obviously we can't compare, you know, writing a song to God creating the universe (laughs) and life in six days, right? But there is something to say about how he he stopped and he had what what we call his, you know, and he saw it was good moment. And I think for for me, something that's so important to remain healthy is to is to slow down and have my you know. And we saw it was good moment, you know. And when when I do something or have a success, that we slow down to celebrate that and and to marinate and and, and to reset. And I think that that's you know one of my favorite stories is is of you know um, Joshua and the Bible when they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River, you know, they're getting ready to, to inherit the promised land. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They have had a crazy history of, of, of slavery, of oppression. And then, and then all of that to lead up to, to be in the wilderness for 40, 40 years, you know? And so the Joshua generation is crossing the Jordan River. They're inheriting the promised land. And, And we see this, this huge moment of breakthrough, right? And you would think that as soon as they cross that river, like the, the, like, it's like, all right, it's game time. Like it's, let's go conquer the rest of the land. Like, let's go begin to get our life going is in this new season. And, and, but what you see happen is actually they, instead of, uh, you know, diving in the deep end of, of, you know, starting their lives in the promised land, they, they slow down, they stop. And what they do is they set up, memory stones they set up river stones right they take the 12 stones they slow down and they put these stones of remembrance and and you know it says in the word that the stone there to to also remind generations to come what god has done and i think a lot of times um we're unhealthy because we were in we're unable to recognize the goodness of god because we haven't slowed down to see it you know and um, for me health is about is about slowing down recognizing what god is doing and 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 even practically writing things down like what are my ebenezers what are my river stones you know a river stone is an ebenezer it's a testimony of what god has done in our lives and a lot of times we just get unhealthy because we don't have good perspective we don't have perspective that that god is still good that he's uh, moving and he's continuing to work Mm -hmm. and i think for artistry especially for creating art um, I think that, you know, art is about story. It's a testimony of, 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 you know, especially world music of God has done in our lives. And, and, and I don't think we do that well, unless we slow down. Um, and another key to that is, um, uh, that kind of weaves into, to continuing to, to practice Sabbath and slowing down is, mm. is self-awareness, you know, and, and really digging into, am I self-aware? You know, there's this idea of the, the looking glass self, right? Like we, we, the theory of the looking glass self is we, we, we have an idea of how other people perceive us. And that's how we experienced ourselves in the world sociologically. But in reality, a lot of times people are experiencing us in ways that we're not aware of, you know, we're, we're being, not gentle and, and, or whatever, you know, things that I've over time had to learn that, that, that God will reveal to us. And I think that when we get into a place of self-awareness, it's important to, to introspect, to, to look inward hand in hand with Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. because I think one of the most dangerous things that we can do is begin to start this process of introspection 
and like we're not holding Holy Spirit by the hand. And a lot of times we we end up worse off than we were before we started to to try and become self-aware. Because yeah. you know the reality is is if we're not looking at ourselves through the eyes of Christ, if we're not um, seeing this new creation self that God has called us, then we um, we're gonna you know be disappointed by the junk that we have and not be able to work appropriately with Holy Spirit. So I think those are the key things, you know, it's very practical practicing this, this constant state of communion and abiding with God and creating time, space and margin to slow down and to see the goodness of God. No, that's awesome. And I think that's a uh, real good. And I'm, uh, I totally agree, you know, um, same year, you know, if, some, sometimes, you know, I can, I can experience the creative process and the task so intense you know, that you need to just slow down and just get fresh perspective, you know, and just remind yourself who you are creating for and, and with. So that's just so good. I loved what you said right there. And um, I think that's something that the younger generation is maybe catching on a bit. I think the older, older generation, not everyone, you know, just I don't want to, you know, label everyone. But in our culture, the, old, the older generation wasn't that in tune with their self. Um, in terms of what is happening right now, you know, doing introspection, you know, connecting with Holy Spirit in terms of doing a self-check. Am I okay? Am I under stress? Am I anxious? You know, just stopping, resting, you know, just, it seems to me that it's, it's, it's been there a while, but the older generation hasn't done that so much as we are doing it right now. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And um, I love, uh, I think it's Chris Valentin that actually talks about it, but you know, he talks about, having uh not using not uh, doing uh handling tomorrow's problems with today's grace you know like yeah. there's grace for each day don't go ahead of yourself you're gonna screw yourself up absolutely yeah and i think that that's i mean honestly really really practically especially for creative people you know i think everyone's creative in some sense for those who 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 say I am an artist and this yeah. is, you know, what I do what I want to do vocationally, whatever that looks like. I think for, for, for the artisans in this world, especially believers, um, you know, I am a very adamant believer in, you know, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I don't perfectly execute this every single day, but I really do think that if it's 30 minutes, if it's an hour, we, before we do, before we create, we just need to be right. Cause everything flows out of who we are. And so we need to create space at the beginning of the day to, you know, to just be with God and to, to, um, connect with him, you know, and a lot of people are like, Oh dude, that's religious. I like to get with God in the afternoon at three or two, PM, you know, or someone's like, I'm a parent. Like my kid wakes up at 5am in the morning and, you know, and so I know everyone has to figure out that rhythm and, and what that looks like. But I think like, it's just like each day to day, it's like we get going and we've, it's like, wait, I left God at the house, you know, and I'm three hours into work at the office, you know, what's, what's going on here. And it's just that John, John 15 thing. You know what I mean? Like the, the, you know, we see the promise because we're, we're abiding, you know, and that's where we bear fruit, you know, and if, and, 
And if we're not abiding, then, then we're not bearing fruit that remains. That John 15 passage, again, it's talking about fruit that remains, fruit that, that is going to expand and it's going to be the self-multiplying thing that comes from abiding. And I think that yeah. comes from, from the foundation of every day. You know, mm-hmm. mercies are new every morning, but if we don't, you know, slow down and say, yeah, your mercies are new right yeah. now, today, yeah. and we miss that, you know. Yeah, oh, that's a good, I love that. And I think... Staying on that, that uh, topic in terms of abiding, you know, bearing fruit that, that lasts and just being with him, just being with him before you create, before you step out. I think um, that might be the difference versus having an audience versus actually influencing that audience with, with authority and, and anointing is coming from a place where you've been with him and that is the fruit, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, I love that. I love that. You know, I, I can definitely relate. And I think it's so important in terms of artists and, and musicians and creatives to just be with them for a while. Um, you can maybe check out one of the conversations I had. I'll, or I'll send the link to you. It was with, uh, with Mervis. He's a, a South African um, worship leader. But he's such a father and he's, he's an amazing person. And he, he said that uh, when he writes music, uh, he or he actually spoke to someone on uh, uh, from IHOP, and he's got a friend there. And the friend told him, he said he told the friend like, why everything that you write and you put out there just like explodes? It just it just works, you know. You have just such an impact and influence. And the guy said, I have a secret weapon, and he said, what's it? And he says, every time I write something, I first just minister that to God alone for a while until I feel him releasing me to put it out there. And um, he says that, that what's made the difference for me. And, and I just love what Mervis mentioned. My friend, he said, so he has these songs that he's been singing for years that he hasn't sing, sing for anybody else except for God. It's just, this is my, this is our chorus, God. I'm just like, I'm just ministering this to you right now until I feel there's a release for me to one day reveal it to the audience. But if you don't release me, it's fine. I'll just keep it between you and me. Yeah. You know, and I, I just yeah. love creating from that place. And I'm not there yet. Lord help me, you know, but because I want to do that, you know, my heart is to do that. But I find myself constantly sometimes from that place working, you know, yeah. doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing, you know, with that, um, I, you know, I've, you know, co-wrote and worked with so many different people and worship leaders, worship pastors, worked under people and, and with people and so many different environments. And you know, I've seen a lot of people who they'll write this, this tag, you know, that the, they're a certain week. And I'm not saying this is wrong. So I want everyone to hear me right. You know, I'm not saying this is wrong, but they'll write this piece and they're like, oh, we got to try this out in a corporate setting. We got to see how it goes. And I'm like, that's kind of weird because then that means you're measuring whether or not that's a good piece of songwriting based off of how people respond to it. Yeah. And that is a key, right? Obviously, we want singable things. We want people to engage. We want profound things in, in our songwriting. But our first ministry is to minister to the heart of the of the father, right? Like our first ministry is, is vertical. And, and I know worship, it's, it's horizontal, it, it's horizontal and vertical, but our first ministry has to be, you know, recognizing that we have the privilege to move the heart of a God. And I think some in this season, especially for our teams, you know, we've been, um, 
leading worship for the live stream, you know? So we, we've been doing that because of quarantine and because of COVID-19, right? So there's been some great silver linings and a lot of fruit that we've seen out of the season is, is, you know, we know we have an audience or a, or, or, or a body that's engaging with corporate worship online, but we're leading worship to an empty room. Yeah. And, and, and the beauty of that is that we hundred percent are realigning our focus back on to yeah. God. This we're not measuring the energy in the room. We're, we're saying, God, this is directly to you. Like, Hey guys, I'm going to go there. And if you want to come with me, like, let's do this. And I know that the job of a worship leader and worship pastor, this is something I teach us to obviously to be mindful of everything that's happening. You want to hold people by the hand and lead them into an encounter in the presence of God. But, but really coming back to that focus, you know, I, it's funny you say that, that your friend, you know, in IHOP culture, that's what I grew up. I grew up um, in a house of prayer that was, you know, planted out of, out of a vineyard church. And, um, and so I grew up man, like, you know, 12 to like 15 years old leading these prayer sets with nobody in the room because we had this, this, this belief that we should have 24 seven prayer and worship, you know, this, this, uh, beautiful incense and fragrance being lifted up to God because he's worthy of it, whether people are in the room or not. And so that's the culture I grew up in just for an hour singing prophetically to the heart of God. And I, my desire as I get older is to come back to that place is to, is to, is to, to get there. So that's beautiful that, I mean, what your friend shared, that is, that is a word for this season, I think for, for worship leaders or songwriters, you know? Mm, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now what happened in South Africa and I think maybe globally is uh, also, I think more locally, not, not the big dogs as you would call it, but more locally, um, with us we had this online worship movement and i think a lot of people got shocked when thousands of other worship leaders got online to worship and they actually did it well and i yeah. i think a lot of people thought that they were god's gift to this nation and then they saw oh oh my gosh there's a lot of other gifts who can actually do it just like myself you know and uh, yeah. also a way of god's grace i think just to coming and just doing away with that insecurities you know that people need me you know and and i'm valuable yeah. because of what i do and not because of who i am and my identity and yeah. all that kind of stuff just came naturally in this season so that was that was quite interesting um <laughs> yeah uh maybe just give me some some pointers and tips in terms of how to actually steward the gifts God is giving you, obviously, you know, as a, as a writer and as a musician, as a worship leader, you know, um, yeah. so many times we can, we can not finish projects. We cannot really steward the, the gifting and what God has entrusted us with. Just maybe give us a, a few pointers from your side. Yeah, so, um, so I would say that, uh, you know, I think that the biggest thing with creativity is to steward inspiration when it comes you know because it's inspiration it's one of those things that we have to be ready for we have to almost pursue it right we have to intentionally put ourselves in places of inspiration you know and get a different perspective um a part of that comes with slowing down right and just saying okay god i want to hear your voice um 
and so I think that a part of stewarding inspiration is a huge piece um, for the creative process. But I think where we find ourselves, there's a wall for creative people. A lot of times there's a lot of, a lot of creating that happens, you know, and behind closed doors and, and, and this, this art that's created, sometimes it's unfinished, sometimes it is finished, but we create this art. And then a lot of times we're like, now what, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. Yeah. You know, like, um, and it's funny cause we just talked about, um, ministering to the heart of the father. Right. And some people who, who you know, write songs, write poems, create art. That's specifically just for them. It's specifically just ministering to God. But more often than not, most artisans and creative people believe that their art is meant to impact, inspire, and bless those who are around them. It's, our art isn't for us, right? It's, it's a way to express ourselves, of course, but, but if we believe as, as artists, a part of the church, a part of the Christian community, that we are supposed to use our art to minister and to influence the world in a positive way, and we have to figure out how to apply that and administer a, a process to, to, to putting our art in places that will serve the community. Like how do we get it out there, right? Like publishing songs, these very practical things, finishing music and, and getting it out to be seen and to be heard. And so I would say that's, that's a big piece for, for creatives is I would say creatives and an artist should be focusing in a season if they really want to go for it and see fruit that lasts and see um, something that, that they can actually someday maybe even turn into a vocation. If that's the dream in their heart, yeah. there is this process of, of administration that has to take place. And actually um, it, it's, you know, years ago I was at our church, um, you know, I was, we had uh, Todd White come and teach and we had a gathering and I got to play keys for him. And, and I was in the back in the green room. I was really young at the time. So I was like super stoked about that. And, um, and I actually ended up talking in the green room, you know, his, his, um, his assistant administrative assistant was sitting, you know, working on a laptop, you know, after the service. And um, he and I began to get in a conversation and you know, he was talking to me and he just, it really stuck me when he said, you know what, you can't forget that, that, you know, we see the nine gifts, of the spirit in the Bible, but one of the gifts that's also in the epistles in Roman 12 is the gift of administration. Right. Mm -hmm. So he prayed for me. He's like, I want to impart this to you. And I, and I, and I'm so serious. My life changed in a drastic way where I believe that I was able to receive the gift of administration and beginning to pray these prayers. Holy spirit, will you help me steward the, the things that you've, you know, placed in my life, the gifts that you've given me mm -hmm. and getting to, you know, very simple things like stewardship looks like time management. Stewardship yeah. looks like, getting organized and listing out priorities and, and creating a schedule for yourself. Um, you know, and I, and I really think that that's something that's, that's missing. I see so many talented artists and so many creatives who don't get the platform that, that their art is worth. Um, and a lot of times it's sad. A lot of times it's because they, they spend all of their energy, all of their time on creating the art and then not figuring out bridges and, and ways to administer it. I think a lot of times we create these lanes in our culture 
that say well, you have the artists and then you have the people that will build the bridge, right? You know, yeah. you have the artists and then you have the labels. But now in this culture with the millennial generation, right, we're seeing we're seeing labels for 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 artists and musicians become less and less relevant because arts are discovering the secrets, the tools, the recognizing that they need to be entrepreneurial. They need to that they can be the one to carry their art into the world yeah. by stewarding these simple things, you know, mm -hmm. through just administration. So I would say that I would say if any artists are, are struggling um, to see the fruit that they would want to see with their art, you know, yeah. then, um, then ask Holy spirit for the gift yeah. of administration because no, it's accessible. It changed my life. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of it maybe might be like a, type of poverty mentality you know where you know mindset that we have like you create the art but you just like you just don't really care that anything good will happen from it you know it's all just for god it doesn't have to go into the world and you know actually get a get revenue you know in in in, in inside back or whatever just like i don't mind as long as god just use me but in the end he can't use you that much because you don't <laughs> administrate it directly you know yeah. etc and yeah. so i mean even for myself you know so um i think that might also be the case many times but i love what you said man that's so good um yeah i want to talk about uh just want to see uh in terms of creating how do you check yourself i love what eric said he said it's, it's more adjustment and less comparison you know um more, mm. adjust more compare less and how, how do you check that place in your life to not compare what you do or your voice or your gifting or your communication style whatever to other people and yeah. just treat you you are yeah well you know i think there's two sides of the coin, you know, cause I think, um, a lot of people say that you've heard the saying, like, if it works, then why change it? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but the issue with that is a lot of times we see something work in mm -hmm. one environment. We see something work for one individual mm -hmm. and we think that we can take that and apply it to our lives. We think that, that, okay, this person, this artist, this pastor, this communicator, they've discovered the formula. Yeah. And so what we end up doing is we create this carbon copy and we want to just replicate it. And then we miss out on sharing the individual, beautiful, original, creative voice that God has given us. Yeah. We are in this carbon copy culture, right? And, mm -hmm. and so I think that the reality is, is that the spirit of comparison is, is um, it's, it's fear. It's rooted and fear it's rooted in not being enough and and the, the reality is is if comparison is is rooted in fear then fear quenches creativity you know uh anything that flows out of fear is is not of god you know because god is love and perfect love casts out fear fear and love can't survive in the same space and so a lot of times we're creating out of fear of you know that's that's created by comparison with other people um but i think for me a, a big piece is um is being able to in a healthy way pick up the things that have worked 
you know, I see someone do something and they emulate it. Like that's, that's what it looks like to be a father in a community, right? It's like to say, look, these are the things that worked for me. Now let me offer this knowledge up to you, but it doesn't mean it's going to hundred percent work for you in your life because it's not a formula and recognizing that it's not a formula that God wants to give us Holy spirit, creative, heavenly strategy for our lives. And instead of spending time looking at what everyone else is doing, we have to say, God, what is it that is in your heart for, for our community as a worship pastor at Riverstone church here, in Cobb County in the Atlanta, Georgia area. We, we don't want necessarily what's happening at Bethel, what's happening at Hillsong, what, you know, we do, right. We want to see like God move in these powerful ways, but that may not be what the city around us needs. That, that may not be what the community and the purpose and the design that God wants to administer into the city. And so I think with comparison thing, the last thing that I've, I mean, really begin to shift the focus of, of looking at their art, you know, and, 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 instead of comparing art, your art to someone else's art, your song to someone else's song, your painting, whatever it might be, we need to begin to like let art inspire us because inspiration begets creativity, which begets art. And it should be a cycle because that art should then beget inspiration, which begets creativity, which begets art, which begets inspiration. And it should be this cycle. But as soon as you throw comparison in that cycle and that mix, it stops the flow of what should be taking place. And so, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm not feeling the creative juices flowing, I'll listen to an album of an artist that I, that I really like, not because I'm like, I need the blueprint for what I'm going to create. It's because I'm like, you know what, there's something about this person is creating that is igniting a creative fire in me. And so that's, that's been a huge piece, you know, and, and, and recognizing the orphan spirit that's there as well. When you see the success of somebody else, it comes back to that health and that self-awareness thing. Mm -hmm. When you're scrolling through Instagram and you see somebody, you know, or, or, or an acquaintance with, or whatever it might be, and you see them doing something incredible or they have this huge success, you have to ask yourself, what is the first thing that we experience? Are we, do we have this like, wow, good for them. Wow. Like that's so awesome. Do we say if God can do it for them, he can do it for me too. Or do we say, wait, God, not me. Yeah. Wait, why did, wait, God, you lined it for them, but I'm missing out. And that's the orphan poverty spirit that says that there's not enough favor to go around, you know? And so I think that we have to just check ourselves. You know, I find myself, you know, even falling into that where I'm just like, I'm like, Oh great. Another worship super group just came out of the woodwork, you know? And, you know, you know, so that's, um, you know, that's, that's not, I think a kingdom mentality. I think, I think we need to be able to celebrate better and and just check ourselves, you know? So no, that's, that's awesome. I think uh, one of my friends, he made the statement years ago. He said, the problem with principles is that they work. (laughs) You just need to let that sink in a bit because that is the problem, you know, it's because they work. And uh, so many people can just jump on the principles, you know? Um, But uh, also, you know, you're saying the root being fear, you know, um, 
perfect perfect love cast out fear but you can you can only cast out something if you are in the same environment in the same room you know i can't cast you out of my house right now because you're not here you know and yeah. so i think again coming back to evaluating yourself you need to to open up your heart and say perfect love in this area of my heart where i'm believing a lie i want to invite you in so that you can cast out that fear replace that with yeah. you know and i think a lot of time we think that will happen you play you pray a general prayer lord help me not to be you know not lord help me not to have this poverty mentality anymore like that's not going to cut it right. you know yeah. you need to open up the door and says come inside here and yes. cast this thing out replace it fully fill the room you know fill my life um in Absolutely. This area. yeah that's kind of, you know, what Jesus talks about in the Bible is he talks about, um, you know, uh, about, you know, having to tie up the strong man, right? Yeah. Like having to get to the root of the problem. Cause a lot of times we're just treating symptoms, you know, we're praying these broad stroke prayers, which just say, God help me to not be afraid. And it's like, you know what, like there's like, we have to figure out what's at the root of that so it doesn't keep on coming back. Yeah. And, you know, this is something I say a lot is, is, I, is, you know, God, like, help me to address, you know, what's happening in the basement of my heart, the deepest depths, mm. and help me, God, to address what's happening in the attic of my mind, the, the highest heights, right? Yeah. So, that, so that there's not this havoc that's created in the living room of my soul, wow, you know, I love it. And, and so a lot of times we're just hanging out in the living room. Right. Mm. And we're just like, you know, why is everything chaotic? What's going on? What's the problem? And we're looking around the living room and trying to mm. isolate it, but we're mm. not willing to climb all the way up to the attic or yeah. go all the way down to the basement. Like when you were a kid, it's like those were the two places that were nasty and scary, right? They were dark, they smelled bad, you know, no yeah. one wants to go in the basement, no one wants to go in the attic, right? You wanna hang out in the living room. But the reality is sometimes we have to go into those places to 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 really um, recognize what it is. I think that's great what you said. It's it's really, like you can't dress if, it, if you're not in the same room with it, you know? You, you have to face fear head on and, 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 you know, I think something else that, that Chris Valentin says is, you know, courage is not, and this is paraphrasing, courage is not the absence of fear, mm. but courage is continuing to do what you feel called to do, even if you're experiencing fear. Yeah. You know, and so oftentimes we're like, I can't do it till the fear's gone. And God's saying, yeah. just do it and the fear will leave as you go. Mm. So. No, that's a good, I love it. Um, there's a song, I think the artist's name is AHL. I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't think so. I'll, I'll send you a link as well. But uh, yeah. there's a specific sound, a specific song, and the song's name is Courage is Found. And this whole song idea is just about that, like courage is found. It's not, it's not something you get before, and it's found in the middle of the situation. Courage is found. You know, and yeah. so I just love, I just love that concept, you know, so um, it was great having a chat with you, Austin. I really love it and uh, great stuff coming out. And, you know, um, I believe God, God is challenging a lot of his leaders, a lot of his worship leaders, his artisans, his, his creatives. And I'm very excited for, for the church in this time and in the season. I, I really feel the grace of God just uh, 
activating and stirring a lot of people to step up to administrate their giftings in this time, you know, not to, to neglect and not steward what God has called them to do. And so I really just, I'm so excited for, for all he's going to do in the season. The creativity is, is pouring out over his church and over his people. And it's been such an honor to have a chat with you. I really, really loved it. So thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and I love um, what you're doing and, and just creating space for people to, um, to get out of their own echo chamber, you know, and to start hearing these other ideas. And I, and I 100% agree with you. God's doing something incredible on the earth in a church right now. So, man, thanks for having me. It was such an honor. Yeah, thanks. We'll chat soon. God bless.